is an Odyssey original. This is KNX In-Depth. I'm Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. Are the roads around the Sepulveda Basin falling apart? The big stretch of Burbank Boulevard is shut down, and all that winter rain might be to blame. We'll go in-depth. Some Democrats are pushing to get former President Trump's upcoming federal trial on TV. And there's word that one tiny little word is triggering people at work. We will tell you what that word is. Just one word. Just one word, and you may be triggered. So it'll be a very short segment thing, because yes. it's just one word. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And that's it. That's, and that's all. it. Just one word. Yeah. We'll tell you the word, and then we go home for the weekend. That's it. Good night. <laughs> we start, though, with the closure of the eastbound side of Burbank Boulevard near the 405 freeway, and whether it's a sign of larger road problems in the Sepulveda Basin area. With us now is Foster Dennis. He's president of California Paving and Grading in Los Angeles, and he's a longtime, by the way, KNX listener and traffic tipster who's out with one of his crews right now, right this second, even as we speak, in the South Bay. How you doing, Foster? How, how are you? Doing? How you guys, you guys doing okay over there? I'm glad that uh, everything's under control. Yeah, no, everything's under control. Things are okay. How are things with you? Very, very busy right now. Very busy. We're working uh, seven days a week trying to catch up with all the road damage and street damage and parking lot damage and everything under the sun here. So I was going to ask, are we falling apart? Be honest with us. Well, we've always been falling apart. You know, <laughs> uh, there, there's, as I mentioned before, when uh, you guys interviewed me a way back, way back when, uh, you know, the streets in Los Angeles were never built for the amount of traffic that we get now. So it's, it, it's really, really a problem, but you know we're we're catching up. So, did no one have an idea that we were going to have all these uh, cars? I mean, you know, as 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 public transit became less and less important in Southern California, and uh, the car culture was was really kind of pushed by a lot of different people, uh, and yet the roads never kept up. How how is that excusable? Well, it's really not. You know. Uh, Street maintenance in the city of Los Angeles has always lagged behind, and uh, it's always been a problem. The funds have never been there to do a complete job on some of these roadways, and uh, it's real tough keeping up with it. And I heard one of your reports that, you know, the city of Los Angeles might be in the hole for $100 million next year, so you can see the handwriting on the wall. We mentioned you're out with one of your crews now in the South Bay. What are you doing exactly? Uh, we're repaving a street over in uh, in the South Bay area here, and I just uh, pulled up here and uh, just keeping an eye on these guys, seeing what's going on, and talking with the foreman, seeing, seeing how we're doing. So I've seen a couple of guys leaning on a shovel, so I've got to get out of the truck. <laughs> go yell at them. You know, yeah, go yell at them. And the other thing that, you know, after we get the range, we get the potholes and we get all that kind of stuff. We've kind of gotten used to it. Uh, but I noticed, like, in an area where I live, I'm, I, I can drive from, say, Sherman Oaks into Van Nuys, right? And on right. one of the main roads there, you know, they the, the Sherman Oaks part is quickly fixed, not only patched, but in many uh, places repaved so it's nice and smooth again, while the part on Van Nuys, once you, you can tell where the limit is. You, you cross that part of the road, and all of a sudden the potholes are still there or they're patched badly and cheaply, and it never gets repaved, and they're bumpy as, as heck. 
Uh, now, the well, bumpy as hell. I'm going to say the bumpy as hell. Uh, so, yeah. so what is that? What individual uh, parts of the city uh, seem to get more and, and faster help than others? Well, the city of Los Angeles allocates a certain amount of money for street repair for council districts. And uh, the old saying goes, the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the grease. And a lot of people complain about certain areas, and they get, they get service quicker than others. Also, there's a lot of other factions involved with, with repaving a street as far as future work. I mean, there might be a, a, a new sewer line project, new water line project going there, going through that area. There might be uh, uh, another development in that area where they're going to widen the street. So there's a lot of different, different factions that go into which areas get repaved. But I agree with you 100%. You go downtown L.A., and there's some really nasty roads down there, but you know, consequently, nobody lives down there, so the squeaky wheel isn't isn't squeaking. So right. That's one of the problems we have. Thank you so much, Foster Dennis, president of California Paving and Grading in L.A. You know, I'm surprised at you, Rob. You said the heck word, hell, Rob. I did not. <laughs> no, I know. I changed it. I changed it. Trying to be nice. Still ahead, if you've gone to the movies lately and noticed a change in people's behavior, you are far from alone. We're going to look into why more and more people are no longer following basic theater etiquette. You know what I hate the most in movie theaters? Uh, the the person that walks in, and I blame the theaters, really, because they've expanded their menus. Yeah. And I hate these people that sit down next to you with, like, a nine-course dinner. Yeah. And throughout the entire movie, they're going one course and the next course and the dessert... What I hate is the thing that happens before you get in the theater, and I'll tell you what it is. I'll I'll get it out of the way now. Okay. Uh, When you go to the theater and and you're running a little behind, so you're in the line to get your snacks, right? Right, right. And it takes a while. You're a little anxious, like, you know, let's move it. And when you get in a long line and you stand there for, like, 20 minutes, you're nine deep, right? And then eight and seven and six. And inevitably, the person in front of me who has been with me waiting about 20 minutes to get Mm -hmm. the line gets up to the counter and goes, Let's see. What do I want? <laughs> I know. It's like, like, look at the menu. You had 20 minutes to I decide. Know. I know. Anyway. We'll right. talk about this more later. But right now, about three dozen House Democrats have written a letter calling for the federal trials of former President Trump to be televised. Now, that's something that has never happened in a federal court. Gabe Roth is with us. He's the executive director of Fix the Court. It's a nonprofit group that advocates for more open and accountable courts. Gabe, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. So this is an old uh, argument about cameras in the courtroom. I I actually covered one of the very first, uh, Klaus van Bulow was one of the very first televised uh, trials in television, and then subsequent to that, O.J. Simpson. And the arguments have continued since that, you know, cameras in the courtroom, they somehow make the proceedings not dignified. It changes behavior. And the federal courts, as you know, have been steadfast in refusing to allow cameras in their courtrooms. Do you think that this is an occasion where they should make an exception? Absolutely. And I think that exception should then prove to be the rule. Cameras should, of course, be in federal courts at the criminal trial level, the civil trial level, the appeals level, and all the way up to the Supreme Court. Because we know that cameras can be in courtrooms without distraction elsewhere in the country and elsewhere in the world. The courts in California, courts in in New York, all across the country, there have been cameras that have not been obtrusive, right? They're not the the size of the refrigerator anymore. They're a size of a baseball. 
judges, I think, maybe have learned from OJ and other other trials that they need to be more assertive in ensuring that that judge that uh, lawyers don't grandstand. So there's definitely protocols that can be put into play, and and, and also we, we can turn the cameras off, right? If there's a, a minor testifying, if there's a, a victim of domestic violence, for example, testifying, you can turn the cameras off in certain situations. So the idea, though, with the Trump trials, that they're not going to be televised, that we would not have 330 million people the opportunity to see what's going on and only have the 300 or so people that can fit in the courtroom is kind of ridiculous in 2023. This is kind of an evolution of our representative democracy, isn't it? Because uh, way back when uh, we didn't vote for senators uh, and and now we do. There is a push underway to uh, do away with the Electoral College because that's one step between the voter and their choice of who we want to lead the country. Uh, those are arguments that people can make. But also this uh, opening up, say, the Supreme Court to audio, we, we can hear the audio now, uh, yeah. things that used to be done behind closed doors. And I think that that uh, some people feel that hurts democracy. Maybe cameras in the courts would help also help uh, democracy, especially in a case like this one that does directly involve our democracy. On the other hand, there is concern from the other side that this would say they, they don't like Donald Trump. This would give Donald Trump another opportunity to uh, grandstand in the court. How do you answer that uh, that point? I, 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 you know, I think it's possible that that he'll grandstand. It's possible in the courtroom. It's possible he'll grandstand in the press conference that I'm sure he'll inevitably give every single day outside on the steps of the courtroom before and after the proceedings start. I mean, I, that's definitely a possibility, but I think that it's worth the risk because there's going to be so much misinformation about what's going on in the trial. You're going to have, you know, the far left and the far right saying, oh, you know, this is what's going on and this is the key clip and this is the key moment where I think that if you had the entire thing filmed from start to finish, maybe not every American would watch, but I think you would at least have the opportunity to watch uh, the entire uh, trial or entire day's worth of proceedings. And that's, and that's better than sort of Having a filter, you know, as much as I might trust KNX to report on the trial in a in a in a dignified way, I definitely there are plenty of reporters out there who I do not trust to report in a dignified way, and I don't think that the American people uh, require a filter. They should be able to see what's going on for themselves and make the decisions as best they themselves can make. Well, Gabe, you know, Rob mentioned the Supreme Court, which does allow audio. Would that, in your view, be a adequate compromise if we had a live audio feed that would seem to uh, address your point about, you know, uh, not having the trial being subject to different sides uh, having their own spin on it. People would still be able live to hear what's going on. They just wouldn't be able to see what's going on. I, I do. I think that would be a great compromise. And I think that's really thank you for bringing that up, because what I think a lot of folks don't realize is that both the Southern District of Florida courtroom where there's the Trump documents trial uh, happening and the D.C. district courtroom where the January 6th related uh, trial will happen are both wired for live audio. They were both part of a live audio pilot program. Now, granted, that was just for civil cases and these are criminal cases, but they're already wired and ready to go for live audio. So there would be no additional there might you know, be some additional staff time to deal with the pooling efforts and being sure that you know enough outlets got access to the initial feed, but and, and enough websites or what, what have you. But we're already in the place where the technology, I mean, it exists for everything else, but the live audio technology has already been installed in these courtrooms. So refusing to allow even that, I think, would be a really big step backwards. 
And I think to your point, it would be a really good compromise between you know, sketch artists and video. Gabe Roth, thank you so much. Uh, Executive Director of Fix the Court, a nonprofit group that advocates for more open and accountable courts. And still ahead, there's a three-letter word. Yeah, that's, yeah three letters. Yeah. That's leading to lots of stress at work for many, many people. We'll tell you what it is and why it's such a problem. It will probably take us a little bit more than one word to okay. tell. But Explain we'll, it. We'll right. try. Just three letters. Three, three letters. Huh. You're not going to guess what it is. Well, I'm thinking of one, and I've usually referred to you with this word, but I don't think that's the word. No, probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> All right, right now, though, we've been talking to people in and around the entertainment industry who've been hit hard by the Hollywood strikes. Even local restaurants are feeling the pain. With us now is George Metzos, owner of Patty's Restaurant in Toluca Lake, which is near both Warner Brothers Studios and Universal Studios. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. So, uh, how badly on? have you been hit? How much of a how much of a difference are you seeing now that the strikes are on as it was before? Well, I've been around for a while, uh, forty five years in the business. I've been in Toluca Lake uh, Patties for a long time. I was here in two thousand seven. Right now, this one, the the writer strike started. We saw a little bit of a dip in the very beginning. I would say like that honeymoon period. But now that the after strike came in, we saw the biggest dip. And I, I say there's a good 18 to 20% dip that has really hit us really hard. How many employees do you uh, have there, George? Currently, we have 43 employees, and that's who is uh, really, really the biggest affected employee. And this is the conversation I'm trying to put out there is that we have many TIP employees, meaning servers that work for a, a TIP. Their, their weekly salary comes to about $460 for 32 hours. They live for tips. They make $300 a day in tips. So that's what they're working for. They're not there now. And don't forget, 50% of them are single parents. So what's happening is these people are affected. Valet parkers, servers, busboys, bartenders, owners and managers and cooks will survive. But it's these tipped employees, the tip. Uh, our hourly employee is the one that's being crushed by this the, these strikes right now. And are you facing the prospect of having to uh, lay some of those people off? Okay, so Patty's is a very unique situation. I will not lay off my staff just like I did not during COVID. Those 11 weeks of COVID, my wife and I supplemented all of our staff through that period of time because I did not want to restool and restaff my team. I brought back every single one of my employees after that 11-week closure period, except for four employees, because my team is Patty's. It's a family, and that's what makes Patty's what it is. So I'm in a different situation. I'm a member of the California Restaurant Association. I'm a member of the Independent Restaurant Coalition. I'm also on the chamber board for Toluca Lake. It is different for other restaurants. Ninety percent of the restaurants are doing cutbacks as we speak. Patties is a very unique situation, though, because we're patties. We're, we're sort of the institution in the valley. We're sort of like the pantry of downtown L.A. type of thing. So we're different. We have a, a, a very unique family that knows everybody in our customer base. So I'm not going to do a layoff. I'm going to hold out for as long as I can and keep my staff and family together so I can keep at least my regulars together until the studios can figure this out. But the studios, 
the actors and the writers have to understand this is a trickle-down effect throughout Los Angeles County. You said that you can hold out or will hold out, hold out as long as you can. How long is that, though? Uh, I, I'm going to say I'm going to make sure I get through until uh, springtime if it goes that long. I'm not going to do anything through the holidays. I won't let my staff be affected through Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's. And I've already let them know of this. So a uh, recommendation that other people, uh, non-industry people, not affected by the strike, should uh, should go to your restaurant. Do you see an uptick in the, the non-industry people coming in? I have seen some. What, what we really have lost is the big uh, catering, you know, the takeout. What we, we used to do a lot of the shows. We obviously are losing a lot of our uh, star clientele base. You know, Patty's is a green room, we call it, where... Uh, a lot of the people from the industries, actors, I can make the list, but I don't disclose who comes there. But we have a lot of executives and actors, writers. They make deals. They discuss their projects. Mm. We're missing that. That's what we got hit with, that 20% I'm talking about, and it's a lot. All right, George. Uh, Patty, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. No, I finish your thought there, George. I was just saying it, that's what we're missing. It, it, that, that, that's the uh, whipped cream on the ice cream type of thing. You know, that's the extra part that makes it, makes it really good because that group is the high uh, 1% high tippers that take care of my staff really, really, really well. All right. George Metzos, owner of Patty's Restaurant in Toluca Lake. You're listening to KNX In-Depth with Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. Have you been to the movies lately? Did you have a good experience or did some rude jerk violator ruin it for you? (laughs) There's always one or more of those kinds of people. (laughs) There's apparently... We're laughing because we we were talking with Karen Adams before and she mentioned that she is one of these... Violator. She called herself self-admitted. Right. She admitted it right here. Admitted her guilt that she is a violator. It will haunt her for the rest of her days. Well, we certainly will. Because we won't forget. (laughs) No. Well, there's apparently been a rash of bad behavior recently at movie theaters all across the country. Here to explain what's going on is L.A. etiquette expert Jules Hurst. She's co-author of a book called The Power of Civility. Jules, how you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. So we were talking a little bit before about uh, my pet peeve is the person who sits down next to you. And I blame the person, but I also blame the movie theater for their giant menus now, right? Who sits down and they have like a 10-course dinner that they're eating. Hang while on, it was nine earlier. I know, but You've they... added a course. Because they got dessert. Because <laughs> they got dessert, Rob. So it's 10. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> well, first things first, if you are going to a movie theater that offers food, that is something that um, that you have to kind of expect, right? That there's going to be these giant menus and et cetera. But if you're not going to a theater that has the food and you still see giant lights from someone's cell phone, that's completely different. I was going to mention that because it's not just people talking on the phones. It's, you know, they, they, even though they've got the phones on silent, you can still see the light and it can really detract from seeing the screen. That is correct. And if it's not just the phone. It could be the watch. It can be the iPad. I mean, it's just, there's no, um, 
there's no more boundaries when it comes to technology and a movie theater where once before you would think that you could go to the theater and have an enjoyable experience technology free. Well, it's also evolved the the use of the phone in movie theaters. When people first started getting cell phones initially, you would occasionally hear like the phone would ring and in the middle of the theater, you'd hear someone going, hello, (laughs) hello, you know, (laughs) then it became, (laughs) then it became texting, right? Uh, And now I understand some people are actually taking like selfies, they're taking selfies and they're taking pictures of what's happening on the screen. Yes, absolutely. Especially, you know, with, with, with like Barbie, right? And everybody went dressed up and the whole crew was there. And yes, they took selfies of in their seats and then they turned around and took selfies with the screen behind them. Because, uh, of course, you know, it has to be documented. Otherwise, it didn't happen. It of course. It's on social media. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> so, But that's what's going on. Let's talk about how, you know, how do we A, how do we handle it if someone is next to you doing that? And I'm sorry I interrupted you. How rude of me. <laughs> no, I was going to say, why Why is this happening? Is it just that people suck more than they used to? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I the answer is yes, that The answer is yes, I thought so. However, <laughs> you know, it's just we we seem to get we seem to have gotten away from just having common courtesy for those around us um you know and being home for three years where we we were watching a movie and we wanted to scroll on you know instagram or etc we would pause the movie or we would rewind unfortunately those habits that we do at home and if that's something that we do at home now what we do there it goes with us when we're out on the road so at the movie theaters you know sometimes we don't it's not that we don't remember what we're at the movie theater it's just because we do this at home, we, we just carry that, uh, that action with us. But you know what, what I think is missing uh, and maybe contributing to this? When I was growing up and I would go to movie theaters in New York, uh, in those days they had, you know, uh, matrons is what they called them, right? And they would walk around with flashlights and they were a terror. I mean, they really were. If, they, if you like so much as moved your arm during the film, they would come up to you and shine the flashlight on your face and go, you! Out <laughs> and they they, describe, they don't do that anymore because the movie theaters don't want to lose any money. Right, exactly the same thing. When I was growing up, I would, would go to the movies with with friends, and we were giggly, you know, uh, elementary school girls. And one time they came and they told us to, you know, to shh, and we knew that if we didn't be quiet, they were going to kick us out, you know. And then we would have they would call our parents and. We didn't want that. And that that doesn't happen now. If somebody came and told us to be quiet, we would, you know, as we've seen, throw a drink in my face or <laughs> you know, any of these other things. And and you are absolutely correct. It, you know, who where did where does civil, you know, being civil again begin? So at the movie theater, you know, we shouldn't take it upon ourselves. Maybe one quiet, you know, look, you know, kind of a thing. But at some point we should be able to go tell someone at the movie theater. But we know they're not going to do anything. And so. Yeah, but then you have to get up and miss part of the movie. Yes, absolutely. So generally, I'm right. People just suck more than they used to. But but then there's no solution. We've given given up. Just stay home. Just watch the movie at home. Well, 
<laughs> you know, as opposed to somebody in the theater, you know, it, it is yeah. true. Remember you say the you know, phone yeah. ring, 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 ring. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uncle Harry? <laughs> yeah, but now when it's my wife and I watch the movie, she, she wants to stop because she's got to go go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I got to wait. All right. Thank you so much. That is uh, L.A. etiquette expert uh, Jules Hurst. Hey. That's it. Hey. Did wow. That Wait, yeah, well, I can say it louder. Hey! Yeah, I know, but that's really sharp, though, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. Did that bother you? <laughs> it did, because it, it was quick it, and it, sharp, it was, like, like a knife. Right, it was like right in your head, right? Anyway, that word, hey, <laughs> H-E-Y, three letters, is creating a lot of stress and anxiety for people at work. It's called hay-hanging. Are you stressed now because I said hey? I am. You are. But as I understand it, it's not just saying it. No. It's when a boss or coworker writes you at work on a chat channel, Slack, mm-hmm. whatever they use, right. and it's just hey, followed by nothing, huh. right away. What's wrong with that? It's it hey, because it makes you wait and wonder, hey, what? Well, okay, and then eventually you find right. out. Right? And in my case, it's usually what have I done now? <laughs> uh, Nick Layton is an etiquette expert and host of the Etiquette Podcast, where you raised by wolves, which it's I love the title. Nick, thanks for joining us. Hey, <laughs> uh, we should have seen that coming. <laughs> uh, there you go. So what is it about? Uh, and I can imagine because it has happened to be before, not here, but at other places where you've gotten a text that says, hey, and then you get nothing for like 10 minutes. Uh, what is that? What about that is causing so much anxiety? Well, it's open ended because it's, hey, what? And anytime you leave something open ended, this is rude. You know, it makes the mind wander uh, and making people wonder is not great. And then people speculate, what could it be about? And then people spiral. And so we don't want that to happen. But do you think maybe people are getting a little too sensitive? I mean, I don't know. So I don't know. I, I just don't get why people are that upset by hay. It is generational. And so there are different generations who do feel differently about this. Uh, So depending on what generation you're in, you might have different feelings about it. But I think why it's rude is that in the workplace, we are asynchronous and we're not always wanting to respond in real time. And when you just say, hey, I don't know what you want until I respond. And I don't know how urgent this is. And that's the problem. You're forcing me to respond sooner than I might want to, because maybe this is not a big deal, in which case I can wait till later. Or maybe it is a big deal and I got to respond now, but you have not told me which is which. Is it also because of a general rise in anxiety? I know that and it might be specific to certain industries because Charles and I work in radio and broadcasting and it is definitely a more paranoid industry that we work in. Is that where we're working? That's what other people are telling uh, me about you, Charles. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But but, you know, I'm all you can ask my wife. I'm always convinced at least once or twice a week. I'm about to get fired. I think they're going to fire me. We're always on edge. Is is it also just a rise of general anxiety in the population these days? Oh, for sure. I mean, if your boss sends you a text message that just says, hey, I mean, is that a good thing? Probably not. So <laughs> yeah. I would definitely be very worried about that until I found out what was up. Rob, how did you find out? <laughs> I, I can tell you stories of how I found out I was about to get fired, and yeah. I can't do it now, but okay. uh, we will at some point. Okay. So so what should people say, then, instead of, hey? I just get wait, it all out, Hang man. on. I just heard from give, the producer me... says that our boss is on line two, Charles. <laughs> he says, hey. 
<laughs> you want to get it all out there. What do you want from me? And just tell me right up front. The similar uh, analogy is if I said, hey, are you free Friday night? That's a trap. For, I, I might be free, but what are you asking me for? And oh. so you're not giving me any context to know how to respond. So give me the whole thing. Hey, let's meet in the conference room to go over this project. Hey, we have to talk about the budget. Hey, I just wanted to check in and see how your weekend was. Just hey, a hey, little more context. Hey, how you're doing? You're fired. That kind of thing. <laughs> hey, come see me when you get off the air. Hey. Huh? Yes. Yeah, then I okay. know to steal office supplies on the way out the door. <laughs> so what should we do about it? If if you are an employee and, and your boss has a tendency to do that to you, uh, do you say something? Do you say, you know, this kind of causes anxiety or, or, or because of anxiety, are you afraid to do that? I think it's always nice to have a polite yet direct conversation with people about things that people do that might be problematic. And so if you have that relationship and if your boss is always doing this and if it causes you a lot of stress, which affects your productivity, which I'm sure your boss cares about, then yeah, just mention it in a polite, non-judgmental way. Hey, I would really appreciate if you would give me a little more context with these Slack messages so that I know how urgent something is. So is the and Be- just say it. So is the Beatles song, Hey Jude, not not good now? <laughs> no, super rude. Yeah, it's super rude. rude. <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> Poor, poor hey, Jude. Jude. What? Yeah. What, what, what? 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 Jude? <laughs> Nick Layton, etiquette expert, host of the Etiquette Podcast with the best name of all. Were you raised by wolves? Uh, Charles, this was fun. Uh, hey. Oh, what? Yeah. Hey. And uh, we're supposed to go see the boss when we get off the air. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's nothing. That's it for K Nags in Depth. For Don't this be week. so sure. We'll be. We'll be back. Maybe. <laughs>